morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The day today is the 9th of September, year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome to the second episode of the Motown Rundown. Well, this Pilots is our first. Out of the way. Well, technically, yes, it yeah. is the first episode, but it's like the, the, I guess it's the episode after the inaugural episode. So yeah, sure. For all intents and purposes, I guess it is the first real episode where we actually have something that we want to talk about. Uh, I, of course... And uh, Motown Noah, joined by my brother Matthew, today is primarily going to be uh, just a week one breakdown for the Detroit Lions as we finally head into the NFL season. Before we do that, Matthew, we have a few things that we want to knock out, some very small bullet points on the rundown uh, related to Detroit sports. And the first thing that we're going to do is... um, Matthew, I know that it was as exciting to you as it was to me seeing the Pistons posting as much Blake Griffin content as they have recently. But today there was a very interesting little nugget that got put out there. Why don't you tell the folks about that? So, I mean, yeah, it's it's been I don't want to say it's like forceful content, like they're forcing it on us. It just seems like, I don't know, we have Blake Griffin, so let's just yeah, talk it, about it, him. It's, it's been like a little yeah. bit out of place, but also being like a marketing person, I do get it. It's whatever. And I'm not going to complain. I like my Blake Griffin. Content. Right. It's Blake, of course. Um, but today they put out um, a special graphic. Actually, let me take a step back further. This is very much like my marketing creative design brain. I've noticed it from the Tigers, the Pistons, the Pistons the most, the Tigers the second most, all four teams. It literally doesn't matter. Since all four teams are not in a place that we would like them to be, Right. When it comes to branding, branding is like the biggest thing in the world. No matter what field you're in, like your brand and your identity is a really big deal. When it comes to like the fonts you use, the colors you use, and all those sorts of things, not to nerd out like even more. You're right though. I get what like you're hundred percent right. What I've noticed from I'll just I'll we're talking about the pistons, so I'll just say the pistons. They're throwing out a bunch of like graphics that are very one off e. So Back to Nick's original point, they put out some Wallpaper Wednesday stuff that was very, uh, there was no cohesion between them, which literally doesn't matter unless you're like a design nerd. Um, but I just thought it was interesting because a lot of the time they'll take like a template and just make it for each player. And I'm getting to the point. So what did they share <laughs> They said that, that we're trying to talk about? They said that Blake Griffin uh, loves Derrick Rose. He had a quote just saying that, He's one of his favorite teammates, and it was just very, like, heartwarming. But my point yeah, was, yeah. Um, with the content they've been putting out, they're just kind of like, I don't know, there's nothing to talk about. Let's just throw this out there. And it's just kind of interesting to see when um, teams, identities, brands, whatever, you can kind of tell when they're just reaching through the bottom of the barrel being like, I have no idea. But I don't know, it's yeah. just fun. It's whatever. It, it, and uh, you're 100, like, it definitely does kind of feel like, what are we going to do? Because they've done a little bit with Luke Kennard, too, where I don't know if you saw they were, they had like a camera on them and they had him read off some dad jokes. And they're really funny. And I told Luke that the one that he thought was the best dad joke was actually wrong. 
Um, so the other thing that we're gonna that we're gonna hit on. Well, actually, let me just. It's so weird, and I know that we felt this way going into the last season. That not only are Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose like actually on the same team, like it's a real thing that's actually happening. Like ten years ago, if you would have said that's insane, right? Um, but which like, is weird to think that like ten years ago they were still like big names. A, f- a full yeah. decade has passed, yeah, and there's still something there with their names in their own way. It's obviously yeah. not in the same way. It's just but, changed so much. Yeah. Um, I guess. So the only other thing that we really have to even mention before we jump into the, the week one Lions stuff breakdown with the bears is the tigers who are playing. I, I don't really know if you want to call it competitive baseball, unpredictable baseball, I guess is a better way to phrase it uh, into September as they are in a, in a playoff race, believe it or not, they were, they came into today or technically since this is releasing tomorrow, they came into Wednesday a game out of the wild card spot against the Brewers and Matthew Boyd took the hill. And what was it? What did we say? It was six, nothing in the fourth. I believe tigers get shelled 19, nothing. They get two hits in the game. Like that's it. And Matthew Boyd, I think is the funniest pitcher in baseball because, and Chris Castellani can articulate this way better than I can, who I'm sure people, anybody who listens to this is, is familiar with who he is. And he said it a hundred times where it's like, if Matthew Boyd throws more than two pitches, like he's going to be good. And I don't know what it is that the Tigers organization sees in him every year, but it feels like every single year around the trade deadline, they're kind of dangling him. Like, what can we get for him? What can we get for him? And then teams are like, here's what we'll give you. And the Tigers are like, well, that's not really enough. And then we're stuck with them. And then he'll have these games intermittently throughout the year where people are like, that's why he's so good. Like, that's what we see in him. And then he'll have games today where he has no control of the strike zone and he's He's brutal. So, I don't know. Where are you at? If, if the Tigers, because I don't know how much Tigers baseball you've been watching this year, but it's weird. They have, like, kind of a fun offense. It's, like, it's kind of fun to watch. And I know Miggy had the curtain call, quote-unquote, uh, what, two weeks ago to yeah. nobody. And, um, you know, even he's, like, I don't know. Well, I, I every s- time he comes up to the plate, it's just. Ah, I saw a writer for the Tigers today on Twitter um, refer to, and this isn't, like, crazy unique it's just probably the best way to put it this is like the most ragtag team that the tigers have had in a very long time um and they're just would you say they're inconsistent earlier unpredictable unpredictable both of those i think are still true they're very unpredictable they're very inconsistent um in a good way though because obviously we're hovering right around 500 so if you're around 500 um with the way that we've been playing the past few years, I don't know how much you can really complain. Um, for me personally, when CJ Crone went down with his injury, uh, yeah. that was, it just sucked. Like I, he was a pleasant surprise for me this year. I'd never really, I was indifferent toward him um, in prior years, if that's even the right word for it. Um, so when we brought him in, I wasn't really expecting anything. And then he was just a big bat in our, in our lineup. Um, Back to your point about Matthew Boyd, though, the same can be said about Fulmer. They're both just very frustrating pitchers. Yeah, we've we could have capitalized on both of them big time. I generally understood why we continued to not do anything with them, especially hindsight though. Like something needed to be done, didn't. We'll see what happens uh, down the road. But my biggest thing with Matthew Boyd though is he's he's just he's a a baggy jersey kind of guy, and he shouldn't be. It just—I know that's another very venturing into cowherd territory here. I don't know. That—that's just what I like. 
to focus on cleats helmets uh tape wristbands all those sorts of things yeah every time i see him wear like that super baggy jersey because it does go all the way down to his elbows and people oh, just i know what you mean don't do that today it just drives me nuts you know who's a great wristband guy uh terry rogier he's a, like he's a wristband guy um for the hornets i know who he is yeah i he what do you mean wristband because he wears, he wears the half sleeve. He wears like the sleeve. He he's wearing it like Kyrie, where he wears it to his elbow, and then he tapes the other wrist. Well, what do you mean wristband? Okay, I just mean the tape. Yeah, like just wearing the thing on his wrist. Anyway, so now we're gonna move on uh, into this. Jamal is Adams territory. is a big wristband guy. Yes, that's true. He does the forearm too. Um, this is Matthew's territory. So we're finally we've arrived. It's the NFL season. Uh, Detroit Lions are gonna be kicking off on Sunday at home against the Chicago Bears. Uh, let's just quickly knock out the most important bullet points here. Uh, last week, the Chicago Bears did officially announce that Mitchell Trubisky, laughably, will be their week one starter over Nick Foles uh, after some like considerable speculation. And I think, I don't know if this is a consensus, I genuinely don't know, so I'm not going to claim this as, as an original thought, but this is what I think. Um, I think if there was a preseason, I think it's not likely, but it, you know, there's a better chance that Foles would have gotten the starter position. But because it's like there's that familiarity with with Mitch, I think they just were kind of like, let's just give it to him for now, and then we'll see where it goes. Not that they don't know that Nick Foles can't play, but I just mean it with the offense in general. Um, So that bodes well for the Lions. And then this is the thing that uh, probably about 10 minutes before we started recording today, the Lions did release the first images of the newly signed Adrian Peterson in a Detroit Lions uniform. Um, Matthew, why don't you very quickly give me your initial thoughts the second that you saw that we had signed Adrian Peterson? Um, well, I was in the UP when it happened, so my service was very spotty. Hmm. That was one of like the only notifications that came through for me, which was obviously a pretty big one. All you need, yeah. So when I saw it, I was like, I don't think that's right. Something's wrong. And sure enough, it was not. We signed him. Um... I guess my, when I saw it, I had literally like just woken up because it happened very early in the morning. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know, it just, it was a very weird feeling. I had a uh, kind of like, that oh, doesn't seem right reaction. Um, the more I thought about it though, and from more of like an actually evaluating it standpoint, I love it. I, I genuinely don't think there's anything wrong with this. I know a lot of people were upset because, um, our running back room is pretty full right now. We have a yeah, lot of to, to put it delicately. Yeah, yeah, it's full with just straight up people on the roster, and then it's full of guys who should be seeing the field. Running backs today, it's not a surprise to hear or to say that um, you can kind of plug and chug at the running back position these days. Um, I know a lot of people say like you're not going to spend your money on running backs because once you do the next season, they're probably not going to deliver the same way that they did in years prior. Um, so it's tough to buy into them past the financial aspects of it. If you don't have someone like Saquon Barkley, like Christian McCaffrey, like Zeke, kind of like Le'Veon, someone along those lines, Alvin Kamara, you're running back by committee. That is just the way it is. Um, if you look at a team like the, I hate to say the Packers, but kind of like the Packers, they have Aaron Jones, who is their guy. They have Jamal Williams in the back. 
They have um, AJ Dillon, who they just mm. brought in. Um, so that's a pretty scary backfield to deal with. The 49ers, a million running backs that they can just plug and chug. Um, and I know a couple of them have left, but still shows that running back by committee is beneficial. Now, carry on Johnson. I don't want to refer to him as injury prone, but for the lack of a better term, he's proven to be somewhat That's where injured. we're at right now with him, right? Right now, he seems to be a little bit plagued by injury. I'll just say plagued by injury. Sure. Through DeAndre, no fault of his own. Yep. DeAndre Swift uh, today was just officially listed as limited in practice. He had been out for a while um, from the few times that he has been out there, though, and we've seen things from him. The reports have been that he looks good. People are excited for him. I am not expecting anything really from him in the first few weeks. Um, obviously when these rookies and even just these new players that have been signed have like four weeks to actually practice and prepare with their new team, um, it's going to be hard for anybody to adjust. So even for someone like Adrian Peterson, who had played with Daryl Bevel in the past, which is a good thing, um, you would like to think that there's going to be some familiarity there where he doesn't have to completely learn a new offense. Um, but yeah, just running through the rest of our running backs, carry on Johnson, um, DeAndre Swift, who should have a big time role as the year goes on and as years right. go on. Adrian Peterson, depending on how familiar he can or uh, how quickly he can adapt to this offense that should be familiar to him, um, he's probably going to be like second in rushing yards on the team this year. People forget he ran for like 900 yards last year. Yeah. So he's still, I don't want to say he's got it, he's but he was in Washington. Guy, but he's still good. He was in Washington when he did that. So if yeah. we can, if we can hold him to like, 13 to 15 touches a game, which is still kind of a lot, but it's kind of what I'm expecting. I'm I'm all in on that. Um, Bo, Bo Scarborough is another guy, another guy who's been dealing with some injuries, especially so far this year. Um, Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson is kind of like a last resort running back who can still kind of get it done when you need him to. Um, good for the practice squad, good for special teams. Um, and then Jamal Agnew got moved to a running back wide receiver. Yeah, he got he got flipped. So he's just actually going to be playing not a more featured role on offense, but he's actually going to cuz here's what I remember about Jamal Agnew in in the years past where he's this really is elite the right word to call him as a punt returner? He's like one of the better punt returners in the NFL, right? And then we kind of turn him into this guy where I don't want to compare him like a one-to-one Jabril Peppers where he's playing defensively, but he's playing on both sides of the ball. The problem with it was that every time he was on offense, the defense knew that the ball was going to him because that is literally why he was on the field. And it was really annoying. So if he's going to actually play a little bit more of a featured role offensively, um, I'm all for that because then the predictability, I guess, isn't so much there. So that's, I think, going to be really fun. Um, The one question that I have for you as somebody who... Uh, watches the Lions the way that you watch the Pistons, the way that you pay attention to them, where it's like, I know what's going on, I know everything that's going on, but I don't know what's going on outside of Detroit enough. Um, From, like, my best approximation, it feels like positionally, Detroit is in, like, one of the best situations that they've been in, not just in recent years, but, like, not ever either, but I feel like with the offensive line, our, our wide receiver depth is we got what Amendola, Galladay, Marvin Jones, uh, Marvin Hall, and I don't remember the other guy. But like even with the with tight ends, Hawk, Jesse James, like we're we're doing pretty good right now. We have an offense that I feel comfortable bragging about. Yeah, and I know that we are 
both very high on Stafford. Um, I, he's like, he's my human best athlete Detroit has ever had ever period without question. Just it's only a fact. Um, okay. I was going to say if he can stay healthy this year, that's the most obvious thing in the world. He missed half of last season. He played a season and a half with a broken back. So give him a break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Going back on that a little bit, though, people act like Stafford is one of the most injury-prone, injury-plagued people on the planet. He didn't miss a game for about a decade. Well, well, hold on, because remember, he also didn't play for the first, like, three years he was in the league. Remember, it was like, when are we going to see this guy play? Well, okay. Yeah. I know that you're not wrong, but I specific because when everybody says, like, oh, he always misses time, he's always hurt, he's all all these sorts of things. That's not true anymore. It was... But even so, it was driving me nuts. I was like, there's no way that he's played like six games, four games, 10 games, 13 games, like all these sorts of things. He played, I'm going to pull it up. I believe I have it pulled up. I probably don't. I don't. He played, I have it pulled up. Jeez, man. He, um, it's not loading. It's loaded. So he played in his rookie season. He played 10 games for a rookie you really never know what to expect. He had a pretty, I mean, it was a, it was a bad rookie year. But people also forget he adopted a team that went 0-16 the year before. Yes. So give him a little bit of a break there. The next year, um, more injuries. He only played in three games. Um, if I kind of remember correctly, I think that was the year that uh, he had the longest mic'd up, like uncut moment against the Browns mm-hmm. for the game winner. Um and they, he dealt with that shoulder injury. So first two years, he played 13 games. From t- So his third season, from 2011 to 2018, didn't miss a game. Okay, wow. I just totally misremembered all of that then. Thank you for Which disproving that. I don't understand. 2011, did, his, wait. his third year in the league was when he threw for 5,000 yards, 41 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. Why am I? Th- wait, 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 wait. I'm. I need this to. Why have I been conditioned? I to because remember? people don't pay attention to the Lions, but then say that they do, and just get all these sort of stigmas about Matthew Stafford. And I'm I'm about to go on like an irate tangent. It's only week one. I know we're not I'm even <laughs> there yet. You're I'm going to be doing a, this all this year. This is going to happen a lot this year. It's just the 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 most interesting thing. Just because I want to save you from that. Because it's, you know, we'll get to that rant one day. I promise there'll right, be time yeah. for it. I want to focus on. Rant. I want to focus on week one right now. It is going to be really interesting to see how long it takes for Detroit or the officials to invent a new way to lose a football game. I think that's maybe like the most interesting thing going into this year. And last year it was you are playing, what, a Monday night game or a Sunday night game in Lambeau. I think it was Monday, right? And it's like you open the game with a flea flicker. Yep. And it's I remember we were texting each other like, Matthew, like this is the best football team I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And then the Phantom calls on what Trey Flowers and was it only him or did Mike Daniels get some? I don't remember, but I know it was Trey Flowers. And even like it was at a point on a national level, people were like, what's what's what what's going on here? Like, what are we doing? And it's, it happens every single year. I was just recounting this the other day. Let's just let's just go back in time. 
and then we'll get to week one, I promise. Last year, it's, I think, the Packers game that really kind of did us in, and then obviously Stafford's injury as well, right? The year before that, you start the year horribly. You get blown out on Monday night at home against the Jets, Matt Patricia's first year, first game. After a first play of the game, pick six. But then you have that home game against the Pats where you're like, okay, wait, right? We're turning this around. The year before that, or actually, no, I'm sorry. Last year was the the KC, the the Kansas City yep. game was is what it was, right? Yep. That's which what Stafford say. did. He outplayed he, Patrick Mahomes, and he brought us back, gave us the lead. Right. Yeah. But at some point, what are you going to do against arguably like the best quarterback in NFL history? Which it's, I don't want to exactly. say, but like he is. It's a bit of a hyperbole, but at, at some yeah. point, we're going to get there. You're right. But he straight up outplayed Patrick Mahomes. It's just true. Then you obviously you have the the Falcons game, and then I, I, there's another one that I'm also blanking on that I can't remember. But the Falcons game is really what kicked all of this off. So it's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out this year. And then Matthew, my question uh, to you about going into Week One this year uh, is: the Bears' defense valued as high this season as it was last year? Um, no, because okay. Khalil. I mean, for my perspective. Um, they have, I mean, Khalil Mack is top five defensive player in the NFL. It just depends on like the year and the guys around him. Um, right. I believe it was Robert Quinn that they brought in this off season, which yeah. is, uh, not good for, so big picture, the entire NFC North, their guys in the box terrify me. Okay. Um, Bears have Khalil Mack, uh, Roquan Smith, and Robert Quinn. That's right. I don't like that for the Lions' sake. We have so many guys that are that are new this year on offense and defense, defense more. Um, but two new guys on the right side of the line at guard and tackle. Um, both have been receiving somewhat high praise this offseason, which has been um, good to I'm hear. Sorry, but for I, the Lions? Correct. The Lions' offensive line, two new guys. Um, so that's a little bit worrisome. But I would like to think that they'll be able to kind of hold their own. And especially being on the right side of the line, hopefully that makes – that's just better than being on the left side of the line with um, obviously us extending Taylor Decker. Um, Who I just want so, to add really quick. Yeah. Had a really, really cool quote. He's like, Adrian Peterson got drafted and I had his jersey as a kid. And now I'm blocking for him. Yeah, that's so cool. And then obviously the carry on Johnson, like, is it cool if I get a, like, is it weird if I get a picture with him? Yeah, it's so cool. I, and I honestly think it is comparatively similar to Derrick Rose with the Pistons. Right. I think it like a little bit. It's not it's not a one to one for us specifically. For, I, I don't know. Like, I know it meant a lot to Luke Kennard. I know it was really cool for him. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys. I don't think we have enough young guys for it to be like, oh, my gosh, we got Derrick Rose. But you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, kind of no, in that same fair. ballpark. But um, anyways, keep going with the with with the lines because with well, I specifically asked about the Bears defense. Yeah, so I think with how they underperformed last year, you can't expect um, them to go back to what they did in like 2018 or anything. But they're also not a defense, and the reason I compared them to the rest of the NFC North, every defense in the NFC North has the potential to be terrifying this year. Yeah, uh, a lot of moving pieces. I think for every team. Um, so that is going to play a big part. The Packers, I'm not the first to say this. I think it's very clear from everybody's perspective, especially seeing what they did in the playoffs. Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess what you're going to say? 
Because yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Is you it that guess. they're due for a down year? Um, the Packers? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say due. I just okay. think last year was more of a fluke than them being a genuinely good 13-13. and 13. Gotcha. I, I think they kind of lucked their way into that record. I think there were a lot of hidden mistakes through the fact that they won. Um, I don't think that their defense is all that great. Uh, their offense was just weird, and they did nothing to get better this year. Um, as I mentioned that they brought in like AJ Dillon and stuff, um, but other, I mean otherwise, oh Jordan Love. So I mean yeah. two very questionable, laughably, yeah, two very random. Where they make sense, like if you can get those two in a draft, you're going to be like, oh, I'm pretty excited. But they could have gotten like DeAndre. But situationally, Swift. it was just very weird. well. Just the fact that they took a running back at all. Like I mentioned before, they have Aaron Jones, they have Jamal Williams. You could probably sign a free agent, um, yeah. or get someone later for that third spot in the backfield if you feel like you need to have a third running back. Um, otherwise, they needed receivers and tight ends, and they just didn't do that. So, yeah. Um, I, it's it's just gonna. Be a, I, I've been trying to find a way to dance around it. It's going to be a weird year. Trying to work through this awkward offseason. Um, from our perspective, again, I stan him. But Stafford, from what we've been hearing, looks absolutely out of his mind this offseason. Listen, um, man. From everything that I've been hearing and from him, himself, and others... Um, I talk around town is like he is not throwing anything incomplete um, in practice. <laughs> the man refuses to throw a ball that hits the ground. Yeah, I, like <laughs> it was um, he had one interview where um, they had a free play and Jeff Okuda picked him off. So everyone was oh, pretty excited. Man. Like, oh, Jeff Okuda got his first That's pick. That's kind of the... sweet. I'm not mad about that. That's yeah, Jeff sweet. Okuda got his first pick um, as a line. As I mean, as a scrimmage. Um, he got his first pick and everyone was like, how does Jeff look? Like, how do you feel? Every, like, you look good. Like what's, what's going on? He was so adamant. Like it was a free play. I threw it up to Marvin. <laughs> he was so people, Stafford like, is obviously a very count? private person. Yeah. So to understand his personality is it's tough for people to like get through to him. Um, but he is so competitive. So when they were asking him questions about like, like I said, how does Jeff look? Like he got picked off today. Like, what was it like? He's like, hey, doesn't count. Free play. Um, he mentioned too, uh, I would assume you've heard about this. I, I think it, there's, um, it was going around a lot that he had texted Nate Burleson about, because Peter Schrager yes. for yeah. uh, the NFL Network or Good Morning Football um, had said that Stafford is like his dark force MVP. He, Peter Schrager loves Matthew Stafford. So I love Peter Schrager. Stafford got a hold of that. He texted Nate Burleson and said something along the lines of like, tell your boy Peter that I am going for MVP this year. Didn't he, wasn't that from last year though? Uh, I'm pretty sure it just resurfaced. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean, Peter Schrager's, the Good Morning Football crew is always very big on Stafford, which I appreciate. Um, So they do talk highly of him often. Um, But anyways, that, um, that text was obviously made public by Nate. He was yeah. telling everybody what Stafford said. Um, so one of the beat writers for the team asked him a question like, hey, Nate said that you're going for the MVP this year. You've been looking good. 
what's different? Like what makes you think that you can actually do that? Were you kidding? Like, were you serious? What's the deal? And he tried so hard to dance around it by, cause again, he is private. So he was saying like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm not going to flesh that out or anything. The texts between me and Nate are supposed to be private, but you know, that's, <laughs> um, so be it. Um, and went on to just talk about like feeling good, uh, back hasn't been bothering him. It hasn't bothered him for, I'll just say like all of 2020, like he's felt pretty good. Um, I mean, man, I don't know. I, I think that he is going to have an outrageous year. Something I was going to bring up. Everybody knows that he only played half a season last year. Our record wasn't completely indicative of how well he was playing, but our schedule right. wasn't super kind to us either. So um, got to take that with a grain of salt. I mentioned that in his third season, Stafford threw for 5,000 yards, 41 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. His passer rating that year was not his highest, but one of his highest at 97.2. Last season, halfway through the year, we only played eight games. He was on pace to do that again, or maybe if some crazy big game happens along the road, um, he's able to even build on those numbers. He was on pace for another 5,000-yard season, or being more specific, 4,998 yards. So mm. too short, but another 5,000-yard season. 38 touchdowns, or we can I'll round up to 40, and then 10 picks, which is obviously six less than what he did in his third year. His passer rating at the end of the year, or by the time he was done, was 106. So mm. significantly higher than any other year. Yeah. He was playing the most efficient football of his career, uh, you mentioned like when we were watching the game against the Packers with the flea flicker and stuff, um, Bevel is really opening up the playbook and letting Stafford rip it because regardless of where you stand on him, he has, if not the most talented, one of the most talented arms in the NFL. Um, yes. So for Bevel to actually be like, oh, I'm going to let you take advantage of that and let the ball fly. It was just so much fun to see that last year and not get stuck in that rinky dink Dump it off to the running back, throw a screen our, to our Golden. Our running game is a passing game. Right. That and then we don't have a passing game outside of it because we don't do anything right. vertically. So when right. you have two guys like Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, you have to throw the ball downfield. Um, I think bringing in Quintez Cephas, which we'll see what he does this year. I'm honestly expecting almost nothing just because of how this offseason went. Um, a healthy Hawkinson is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's I my rant was... on the team, but... It was week one last year, I think, is when the wheels really came off when you tie Arizona and you let Kyler Murray actually be a decent football player in the second half and specifically in overtime. And then, you, you know, so I think I'm just interested this year because our schedule is not easy, like especially no. these first two weeks. No. It's I, it's it's Green Bay next week, correct? I believe that's how we kick it off. It might yeah. be week three. It's Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think you're almost breathing a sigh of relief i guess anytime you play the bears i feel like even though mitch lit us up last year if i'm not mistaken pretty sure i didn't watch the game because once stafford went down i just i refused to watch the team because i was like my incentive to watching these lions games is now gone if matthew stafford is hurt and i think when i the the thing that uh anytime i think of matthew stafford i think of the soundbite when they had him when they had him mic'd up and they had a camera on him at the end of the Atlanta game. And he found out before we found out and the crowd found out that the game was over. And you just see him. He's like, game's over. And he's like, his heart is just shattered. You know, yeah. in the ref, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it's going to be interesting. And you know, you can tell me all you want. You can tell me all of these fun things. Like I was told that the Lions defensive front last year was going to be like the best in football and they sucked. They were terrible. And you can say like Snacks was getting doubled. I don't care whatever excuse. They were terrible. And I was told for months that they were going to be terrifying and they were so bad. So that's why it's every single year with this team, you really got to take it with a grain of salt. And it's a week by week thing where it's like, how invested am I really? This week, admittedly, I'm pretty invested because I want to see Jeff Okuda pick off Mitch 10 times. Like, that's going to be hilarious. But there's a certain level where it's like, I'm not going to go past this, or I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to let myself go past this. Where it's like, I don't want to have any expectations because ultimately, historically, it's not going to pay off. And I, I have complete faith, complete trust in Matthew Stafford. And, and for people who don't, to me, it's like, at what point do you see all of these former Lions players backing him up all the time? And you see it on Twitter all the time. And my favorite thing is they never say Stafford. They always say nine. I love that so much. He's the nine god. It's Which- amazing. It's every player that he's ever played with. And usually it's the defensive players. I don't know if you've noticed that, whether it's like Quandre Diggs or, or anybody. It's always them that are giving Matthew Stafford praise when they move on to another team. And it's like, at what point do you see that and think, this guy must be a pretty good quarterback. And the people who, on my on, like in my mentions, talking about how it's, you know, the, it's him that's letting everybody down. Bizarre. So... I mean, yeah, I guess I don't want to copy and paste everything that you said because I agree with like 99% of it. Um, in terms of like our historic struggles, yeah, it's it's really easy to point at the quarterback and just always blame them. There is a reason that he's stuck around as long as he has. Not like that yeah. he's said to be loyal to us, but the reason that we haven't moved on from him. Obviously, there have been a lot of rumors uh, that have ramped up about us possibly trading him. If this season doesn't go as well as what it's nothing like concrete. It's not like Adam Schefter. Is it Schechter's. like the Giannis stuff where there's no reason to believe it? Give me a comparison. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just okay, for simplicity. Cool. So sake, I don't I'll believe it at all. Great. No, I'm not worried about like trading him. Um, but the rumors as to why we would trade him, especially with someone like Matt Patricia being on the hot seat um, and Quinn being on the hot seat. There Good. is some sort of reason to believe like, yeah, we would blow it up, blow it up this time. Um, I get which, that. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not even going to add to that point because it's whatever. Um, but he's a good Speak leader. Me a little bit there because my thing is if you're trading him, there's a point where you obviously actually comparatively, it is a lot like the Bucks where if they for some reason trade Giannis, which they won't. It's like I know a lot of Bucks fans would have a really hard time stomaching rooting for the Bucks for a long time, like a long time. And I would feel the same way about the Lions. And I, even though I understand it, I just wouldn't be able to stomach it. But for Matthew Stafford, it's like I want him to win something so bad that if that's what it takes, you know what, man, like that's okay. So I didn't know that. That's news to me. I didn't realize that that's a little bit of a rumor mill thing. It shouldn't be. It's not news. And if that's new to anybody else too, super take it with a grain of salt. It's just things that people have mentioned. It's not like, it's just because it, 
there's a reason, like you can point to something and be like, oh, that would make sense. It's nothing that's actually on the table necessarily. You remember the talks that happened way earlier this year? Yeah, um, I remember all where, that. And, yeah. and and his wife had to be like, no. Right. And she was like, we moved because we didn't want to have a pool with all these little kids. Or yeah. a lake. I don't remember what it was. It was something like that. Yeah. Um. What, are, what, what tangent were we going on? We can change the subject, I guess. Because we're so just kind of going on this. a Stafford rant. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Do you think that there's a chance, if you're a Bears fan... That you can, because a lot of people put faith in him because they have literally no other choice. Um, like as somebody who like lives, like there's people that you like that you just kind of have to hope he does well because that's your quarterback, right? Like you want to be good. Um, but for a guy who literally can't throw across his body, I mean, it's like hilarious how bad he is. I just wonder, like, give me an estimate on how many weeks he lasts before Nick Foles usurps him. Well, that's the tricky thing because his offense, <laughs> the whole Bears roster is just really tricky because there's definitely something there where you're like, this team could actually do something. The entire NFC North is scary because you could see it going flipped upside down. You could see it going exactly how it's supposed to. Um, I think the consensus is probably that the Bears will finish last because Mitchell Trubisky at the quarterback position, at the most important position in sports, um, is such a question mark. Are we going to get what we saw with him in his rookie year where there was actually something there to work with? Um, Which I don't know if that's going to be enough to say like, yeah, we're going to continue on with you. Or do we get last year where it's like, dude, you should not have even made it to like the collegiate level at this point. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The biggest thing with them running with Trubisky right now is no offseason, no preseason. Um, They need to make sure that their guys are going into week one with some level of familiarity and confidence. Um, But to answer your question, I could see him legitimately playing all 16 games. Yeah, I agree. I could see him playing two or three. I also like I, I could see it happening really fast. I think at some point, if he is that bad to start, it's just going to depend on how familiar or comfortable uh, Foles can get with the offense. You don't spend I think, that. I think circumstances will matter uh, like a little bit. Like if their line sucks and, you know, he has a microsecond to, to get the ball out of his hands every time he drops back. Like there are some circumstances, but I think the reason why I agree with you and why nothing would surprise me at this point is because I was... I actually, I don't even know if I can say I was surprised that they said he was the starter. Like, I was just kind of like, yeah, like because it just kind of makes sense because, again, with the familiarity. But, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I'm just really excited to see if this Lions defense, because then it, you also have to take it with a grain of salt if this Lions defense does well, right? Um, because, and I don't remember if you said that it did happen. So, Mitch did carve us up last year, right? Like, absolutely eviscerated us. So, Mitch, Mitch played well. Um, until Chase Daniel came in for our second matchup on, um, was that Thanksgiving that he I was going to say, because I, I wasn't watching that game because I, Matt Safford was out at that point. Who cares? I believe it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. So Chase Daniel took us apart there, which just, I don't know, kudos to him for ooh, coming to ooh, Detroit. I'm very circle, like, happy yeah. to have, yeah, I'm happy to have him as, um, Stafford's backup, especially given what happened last year, not hoping for it, not expecting it, but God forbid we do need to rely on another backup. I feel comfortable with Chase Daniel doing backup things, not like taking yeah. us to the promised land or anything. Um, no Nick Foles. 
No. Um, what was the question? At that point, <laughs> we times. weren't really. At that point, we just we kind of went really on a little tangent. Again. So yeah, let me let me just kind of close the door on this, put a bow on it, wrap it up. Uh, Detroit Lions week one against the Chicago Bears. I think there are a lot of different ways that the score could go. Uh, so instead of doing a week by week, you know, win loss thing that you had proposed before we started recording, why don't we instead? Why don't you just give me your final score prediction? It wasn't a proposal. I was clarifying that we did not want to do that. I want to be clear because I agree that that's not fun to do. Gotcha. Um, I just want to make sure that I look good here. Um, that doesn't make you look good. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, final score. I do think we're going to win. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think with our defense being, it's a lot of people that are familiar with Matt Patricia. So that's good. It's also just a lot of new people. So communication is yes. going to be a little bit difficult for them. Um, the to your point about Jeff Okuda picking off Trubisky 10 times. Uh, right now, Jeff Okuda is not going to see a ton of snaps. Um, I think Trufant and Coleman are, I mean, they're listed as the one and two corners. Um, they are going to start and they're going to see pretty much every snap. Aurorier gotcha. has looked sensational so far in camp and whatnot. Um, a cornerback out of Penn State. Um mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be like our slot corner. I could see more so him taking over like um, the number two spot at corner and then Justin Coleman being more in a slot and then Jeff Okuda just kind of filling in where we can. Right. Um, also have to remember that it's Corey Underland's first season as our defensive coordinator. Um, so I say all of that to say our defense is going to, I have a lot of faith in them. And I think at some point we're going to be comfortable and confident with this defense. Um, Bears defense and just across the league, from what I understand, in years prior, this is a very different year, when you have such a manipulated offseason, the defenses struggle more than the offenses in the early weeks. Um, So regardless of how lackluster the Bears offense is, I'm still going to go with, I'll say something like 34-27. Yeah, you thirty four twenty seven lines, obviously. Thirty four twenty seven is Matthew's official pick, uh, locked in. For some reason, thirty seven to thirteen really sticks out to me. <laughs> I, yeah, but I don't like that. I've been thinking it all week. Every time I think about this game, I think thirty seven thirteen. I don't actually. I mean, I don't it, hate but, it. Yeah, like, but I, it's there, right? I'll take it. And I didn't even say whether or not I think we're gonna win. So uh, I think what I'll stick with is I really like twenty three to seventeen. Um, I think that's really fun. I think it's going to be really clunky. Um, I don't know whether or not we're going to win. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you that I think 23-17 sounds good. For all intents and purposes, I think we should say that the Detroit Lions will win. And I feel pretty strongly that that'll happen given the the, 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 the competitor. But uh, Matthew, do you have any closing thoughts before we sign off here on the first official episode of the Motown Rundown? No, so, I mean, good luck to everybody in your fantasy leagues. Um, Oh, my gosh. I wasn't going to say anything much about it, but I will say, because I have had some people ask me about it, or I just kind of throw my own advice out there. When it comes to your rookies, be patient with them. Again, like, rookies did not have any time to adapt to their new teams this year. Um, I think there are going to be a few that maybe have those um, boom or bust weeks where they literally do nothing or they do something like Marquise Hollywood Brown did in week one last yeah, year against the Dolphins. I had him. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so you could see something like that. I accidentally started him, and I, I, it was, it was an accident. A lot of people did that to lock it, it in. Worked out pretty well. And worked um, really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would say just be patient with them. Um, I mean, other than that, like I said, I, I have a lot of faith in our offense, which just going off of last year, staying healthy is going to be priority number one. And I think there's an opportunity uh, to do something really special with this offense. Defensively, I'm very nervous. Everybody's saying it, but you can only go up from what we did last year. Um, do you disagree? I'm shaking my head at you because I don't agree with that at all. But I said closing thoughts. So let's, I, we're not doing it. I'm just kind of giving like a summary. So, closing thoughts. I'm excited for football to be back. Uh, Chiefs Texans to is. kick it off on Thursday. Lions. Oh, what do I, I didn't say? Know that. Yeah, Chiefs Texans to kick said, it off. Uh, Thirty-four twenty-seven, I believe, was your score. That's sure. That sounds fine. Yeah, you 34, said 27, 37, 13. 34 to twenty-seven <laughs> Lions. Um, we'll lock it in. We'll call it good. All right. Uh, I don't know what the spread is. I don't know about the. I don't know. Let me look really about quick, the actually. line movement. All right. So while Matthew's looking at the line movement. I guess my closing thoughts are that I don't know at what point in the season I'm going to completely give up on this team. Um, I'm I kind of figure it'll be somewhere between today and week five, because that's usually when the meltdown occurs. That's usually when through like that week five window is usually when there's that game that we talked about earlier where something egregious happens. The Lions find a new unique way. Uh, to lose a football game. Matthew appears to have found the spread and he looks excited. So I'm going to assume that Detroit is the favorite. Uh, what was what was your prediction for the score? 23 to 17. Okay. Lions are favored minus three. So okay. I guess we would both uh, we, take that. Cover. Money line minus 149 for the Lions plus 130 for the Bears. Uh, over 43. Um wow under 44 and a half um what 34 27 so I'd, I'd take the over yeah yeah always bet the under never bet the over don't be a fool that's not what people say at all no that's not what the people that you listen to say but take it from somebody who has experience somebody who can can lend out a helping hand never bet the over it's but always i do under. especially understand like if you bet the under then it's just not fun because like every good thing that happens, yeah. Is, well, you're right. You're yeah, right about like that. It's, you're it's, like, ah, stop scoring. Yeah, stop being entertaining. Which right. I could also see being fun, but yeah, yeah. Go Lions! Alrighty, I'm excited for week one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, uh, the end of the second ever episode of the Motown Rundown. Thank you very, very much. Be sure to, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, rate five stars, subscribe. Uh, we will catch you guys in the next one. Shh. <laughs>